I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Welcome to the Leaf Report. This is Clark here. Hello, everybody. All right, James. We're doing a preview of the season pod in person. It's good to see you. Excellent to see you. So there's actually a lot to break down before the first game. Like usually at this point, we're just like, ah, oh, let's just get the games going. But there is like a lot of news. Um, I think it was like three days ago and the entire roster was healthy. And it's like, what are we yeah. going to do with all these extra forwards and like the cap? And they're going to have to wave Engvall. Mm-hmm. And then Mikheyev breaks his hand. He's out two months. Austin Matthews decides, I'm not ready to go. I can't play the first three games. And then today at practice, the latest development, you can fill us in on that. Mm-hmm. Mitch Marner. But so and, you don't and Adam Brooks gets claimed on waivers. And Adam Brooks gets claimed. So there's four forwards. Now they're down to yeah. Michael Amadio's time to shine. Yeah. Well, what's funny is I, I believe before the Saturday game, someone asked Sheldon Keefe at the, the morning skate about injuries. I don't know that anybody remembers this, but it was like something along the lines of, do you just hope like you kind of get through this without injuries? And then, bam, like dominoes all fall. Well, it was weird they didn't have any. It was like everyone was yeah. like pretty much Dermot was the only yeah. the only thing. Didn't Engvall miss a game or something? Yeah, he hit a lower body thing. Um, so let's start with Marner. So I can kind of tell you what happened just because I was watching it. Um, Wayne Simmons was trying to solidify his spot in the top 12. <laughs> Is that what was happening? He just like, he caught him it's like it's something you you see all the time where he just caught him around the head and he caught him by surprise like they they kind of collided going different directions and but was could, he trying to hit him like no were they, were they on other no were they, they were on, on opposite sides but he was not trying to hit him they at just, all they just ran into they just ran into each other and he caught him around the head and immediately like you could see that marner was like something was off because it usually in, in situations like that when it's nothing the guy will just laugh it off there was no laughing it off. And like Simmons came over, apologized. And then he came over again at the bench and Marner just looked a little like out of it a little bit, like a little foggy. It does not sound good. Did not sound good. And so I'm watching with Mark, Mark Masters, our, our, our number. I guess he's not playing the first two games. So I'll get around to that. Um, I don't know. People will be listening to this on, on yeah, and Wednesday know. morning. But yeah. so he goes to the bench. He, he spends a while talking to the trainer and Mark and I were like, this is, this is weird. It kind of looks like he, he's telling him what he's feeling. And then Marner goes and talks to Keefe, bang, gone, leaves practice. And now they're saying, we're recording this on Thursday or Tuesday afternoon. So by the time you listen to this, like James is saying, you may know whether Marner is playing. But as you were saying, 
If I was guessing right now, I would think he's not playing. So here's a little bit of adversity thrown at the Leafs right when this right season. away. Yeah. Right away. It's pretty hard to when you pay we we've said this before, but when you pay your forwards eleven million dollars when they're out of the lineup, you're, all of a sudden you're playing with a roster that's making instead of a roster that's making eighty one and a half, all of a sudden you're playing with a sixty million dollar roster, right? And yes. It's you know, that that's like a, you're not even over the cap floor all of a sudden. And I do like some of the depth pieces that the Leafs brought in, but they're going to need, they're going to need like the Kasha's and, and Richie and, and Bunting and those guys to really step up with, with those kind of injuries. Yeah. Well, and, and so obviously we don't know if he's going to play, but like we're saying, if we had to guess, I would think they just take the cautious route and don't play him. I mean, maybe they rule that he's fine, um, but it didn't look great. And obviously those, what, what was, I thought important to me as far as like progress goes with concussions and stuff is that he pulled himself from the practice. Yeah. He went and talked to the trainer. Cause like James, you know, 10 years ago, um, well, remember Colby Armstrong hiding the, the concussion he had in wasn't, don't you think that was just common? Like it, yeah. in a situation like that, a guy would get bumped. He'd be like, I'm not feeling good. And you would just keep practicing. That was like 10, 11 years ago. Right. Yeah. Around then. Yeah, and he, I mean, I guess Marner's not in the same spot that Colby Armstrong was, where he was like fighting for like his his career or whatever. But mm-hmm. anyway, that's uh, that's a big blow on top of the news uh, with Matthews that he's not going to play the first week, and that's not surprising to me or you, I don't think. But there's no concern there that it's more than that, right? Like it's just no. He just needs a little bit more time to recover. Yeah, and like you think about it, like it's only been. I think Friday is like three weeks from when he first started handling the puck. And I think it's four weeks since he started skating. So like, it's not really a lot of time and you can just see, and you, and you listen to him. He just doesn't sound like he's there yet. Like he's totally comfortable and you can see it handling the puck only today. He started really kind of ripping the one timers. Like you expect him to, he just, he just needs more time. And I'm not really surprised. It just is, you add it on top of Marner and it's like, that's two thirds of your top line. Yeah. So what do you think? I mean, we don't want to spend the whole show on this because we don't know what's going to happen with Marner, but like if you're Sheldon keep, what do you do with that top line? If, if you don't have Matthews in, I mean, they had Tavares there at, at practice. Yeah. So Tavares will, well, so I was playing around with combinations on my drive over here. And my first thought was like, I, I guess you just move Neilander up and you go Richie Tavares Neilander, but then your other lines are really then your other lines are screwed and you you had been practicing with bunting Tavares Neander so you could just do that I mean you don't really need to keep Richie there if you don't want to yep. and then it's like well, Richie Kerfoot Kasha I guess <laughs> it gets it's like you're saying it gets thin quick like you take Mikheyev out we we you you touched on that Mikheyev is out until December eight weeks minimum with a broken thumb uh, brutal break for him we we can spend some time on that. Uh, and a it's little amazing bit. that like you're wearing like NHL gloves and you can like break your hand just from falling on the ice. Like, I, I mean, know. if you land on it wrong, yeah, right? yeah, I guess. And so. it looked like he landed on it wrong. Well, he hit it really hard, like on the. I guess that's the thing. But, yeah, but with uh, Matthews in the wrist, they're going to have to get some sort of like bionic fiberglass protection on it, so that like if you're the other team, you probably like are going to be hacking them all the time and everything. That's a, that's one of the things now. The guys wear such short gloves that their wrists are exposed. Not that that's how Matthews hurt it, but I would just be worried about re-injuring it all the time. Sure. That wrist, that's like an $11 million wrist right there. <laughs> yeah, but at least it, I, 
I think this is better the way that they're handling this now than they handled it last year. Like he was playing through that thing the whole time, which never made any sense to me. And now it's, it's like you get this handled, even if he misses five games, if he misses whatever a month, a month, it's like, you just need to make sure he's ready for when, but I wanted to see him go for 60 goals. I mean, if he plays in 79 games, he could conceivably, he might might be able to do it. Yeah. Sure. I say he does it. You say he does it. Um, but yeah, it does have like this big ripple effect on the lineup. And it's like, you look around suddenly and it's like, well, where are they going to get the goals? If Marner's not playing, if Matthew's not playing, um, the McKay thing, like it's unfortunate for him. Obviously he was finally getting his chance to play top six. He was going to have to prove that he belonged there, but it's like, man, can't catch a break. Was it the same? It was the same arm, same right? Same arm, yeah. Yeah, so now he's right got arm. like his wrist and his hand is compromised. Yeah. Well, how much do you think of he was affected last year by that? Like just the aftermath? I mean, it sure, it, it, he looked different. I mean, it felt like it was, but I, I don't know. That could be one of those things where it, it, the puck just doesn't go in for a guy and you're like, oh, it's the injury. Yeah. Like I kind of thought that, I think that might happen with Matthews this year. Like if he has like a dry spell or whatever, or like, or Tavares, like if Tavares comes out slow, people are like, oh, well, he had that like big, injury in, in the playoffs and that's affecting him. Yeah, but if you if people will remember, he had that kind of slow start last year and then changed sticks and that was all that mattered. Well, that was the only thing that changed. They're gonna need they're gonna need Tavares to be to be big. Yeah, and that's all that honestly, work on the power play unit and everything too, and that's all blown that's up. That's all you, blown up. You don't have the two two of the main pieces. Well it's like after Martyr left, they then it's just like a temporary thing. They're just like trying to throw things together. It's like Amadio is suddenly Marner on that first power play unit, which I don't think that they would do. Um, but like, but they might have to play a guy like Amadio, like on the third line or something now, right? Like they're, they're going to have to, I would think they would move Simmons up. Like I was thinking maybe they do Engvall comp camp, not comp Engvall camp Simmons, and then Amadio Spezza. And they would have to send, Lilligren down and call up like Semyonov, who doesn't mm. they can just call up because mm. they'll need another forward. Like if Martyr can't play, they're short of forward. Right. Yeah. And again, this goes back to your point. Like this is these are some of the uh whatever you want to call it, like after Yeah, because with LTIR you need them to be out for a certain amount of time. Yeah. Right? Well you're really I'm, tight. You can do is, you could do an emergency recall of one of the guys that Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So maybe that's what you would do. get into that situation. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter if they have to send Logan down and call him back up. Like, he's not playing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, like, it's like... You don't think Logan will play one of the first two games? Oh, like, yeah, like, he could play the Thursday night game, yeah, sure. Game. Yeah, but I don't think he'll play opening night. So what's on your list to talk about other than the latest breaking Marner development? Well, I was going to get into curiosities i wanted to kind of pick your brain and find out what you're curious to watch now that like the games are actually going to matter i can give you some you can give me some well, i thought we'd part through i that. mean i would think all three pos- i mean all three positions there's curiosities mm-hmm. i mean you've got four new forwards i mean more than that with the injuries so you got you know five or six new forwards depending on who's in well the so lineup. let's start there who's like the guy you're most curious about I think I know who you're going to say. Kasha. Is like, yeah. Yeah. I, I, he's the one that's caught my eye that I really like in the preseason and everything I really like. I mean, we don't know. 
I've seen a lot of people in the fan base kind of talking like he's not going to last. Like he's, but you don't know, right? You like, just I mean, don't know. But it's like you saw that on Saturday in the final preseason game where he takes that hit and he goes down. It's like, is that it? Is yeah. that it? Like that? Let's literally. I was really surprised actually that he didn't go to the room and get the concussion test. But it looked like he waved the trainer off. But it's like that's all it can take, and that's what's so scary about yeah. those injuries. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think that in a situation like this, especially when guys are hurt, you just have to, there's nothing you can do. All you can do is just like play them and like, see if like, you know, you, like, I, I don't think that you have to like hold his minutes lower or something. Oh. as a way to like bring him back. No, but lo- so let me ask you this. What intrigues you about him? Like why? Are- I just think he's a top six forward in the NHL. Like, I just think that if they can, he, he's got the skating ability. He's good defensively. He's got a good shot he's got good playmaking. I was watching, um, I've been using, I got a, a free trial to this tool. It's called Instat and it has this amazing thing where you can, you click on a certain statistic and it'll shows you video examples of all of those. So I clicked on like even strength assists for Kasha from the last two years. And it was like showing me, and it shows you like all the, the, the technology now with some of the stuff that the, you can get is just amazing. And it was showing me like every single passing play he made that turned into an assist. And it's like, this guy's like, yeah, he's like, legit. He, yeah. Like he was doing really smart things like taking the puck into the offensive zone, stopping up on the half wall, holding it, throwing the D off, firing a pass across, and then like, you know, whoever, like Marshawn or whatever would put it in. And I was pretty impressed. Well, and it's like you think like back to last year and, and even the years past on some of the bets that they've made. None of the guys really had that ability. Like Jimmy Vesey had scored a bit, but he could never do that. Uh, like I'm trying to think Travis Boyd, Tyler Ennis, like he actually, if he can stay healthy and that's the thing, he actually feels legitimately like someone who could turn out to be a huge bargain, who could score 20 goals for one, two, five. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's what they've been lacking the last few years when they've tried to bring in these bargain guys is they haven't really had anyone that, Spezza, I guess. I mean, yeah, he's the only Spezza's turned out, but you can only play Spezza like fourth line minutes. So like if they can get someone like that, you know, and they're hoping Nick Ritchie can like take another step. And I think it makes way more sense for them to do what they did where they went go and get th- these like project guys that are like 25 as opposed like Bunting's a good one. Mm-hmm. It's just those guys don't always exist, right? No. Yeah. Like they kind of got lucky a little bit with the circumstance with, the, with each of those guys. Like those guys weren't qualified. There were three that weren't qualified and Bunting was like a camp group, is the other guy. Group six. Yeah, Group Six, who just happened to be a free agent yeah. like, at the time. Well, and they have the connection with him too, right? Like, right. But it's like if Kasha had been healthy last year, he probably right. ends up out he's of the getting, price range. Yeah, he's getting like high twos or low threes or something on it. Yeah, yeah. So that intrigues me to see. Just so that's a good one to see. I mean, Bunting. You know, I, I expressed some skepticism. I think last week when we talked about about him, but like you never know. I mean, like there's. It, it's going to be really interesting to see. I think because I think a lot of their offense and and making sure that the team doesn't take a step back from last year is going to be those players working out. Because if all of those bets don't work out, I think they take a step back up front from last year. Why? Because you lose Hyman, and if they just don't, they just don't. I have, mean, that can be the reason alone, right? If, if yeah. Hyman scored at that pace and you're dropping and the off. other guys just can't feel the, but you know, you look at what they lost up front other than Hyman, it's like Thornton and Galchenyuk and like they, th- those guys, it feels like they should be able to mm-hmm. replace or exceed that. Um, 
And the other, the other, I, I know you want to go through them one by one, but the, you know, like what's going to happen in goal is going to be interesting because there's a lot of questions there about who's going to, how are they going to split up the starts? You know, in situations like this with tandem, you, there's, you could have one guy gets hot and the other guy's cold. You mm-hmm. can have both the guys are, are play really well. You can have both the guys not play very well. Yeah. That's worst case scenario. So, and goaltending is voodoo. So, Okay, so this is good. I like Who we're knows? rolling through the curiosities. Let's let's look in goal. If you had to guess today, I was thinking about this while I was at the rink. Who is going to make more starts this year? Who would you guess? I would say Mrazek, and I don't know why. There's just something that tells me. I, I think I'm going to say Campbell just because I think if Campbell plays well, he'll get the benefit of the doubt. But I mean, trying of to course, predict, but trying to predict which one of them is going to play better is like. Like that, it's yeah. a fool's errand. Like you're just guessing, right? I'm it'd, just guessing. It'd be like me telling you to pick a number between one and ten and seeing if you get it. Right? Like who knows which one's gonna who's gonna be better? I guess I just I think they're similar quality goaltenders. Yes, yeah, I would agree with that. Better. I guess why I think that is everything went right for him last year. That doesn't tend to happen two years in a row for a goalie, especially. And it was only 22 games. Like it yeah. wasn't. But he and could just be good. Like, he could just be fine. Sure, like a 9-12 kind yeah. of ish. The yeah, other thing is injuries. If, if like, you put a gun to my head and I had to predict, I would probably say both the guys are probably just going to be fine. Like, that 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 would be my prediction. Like average. Yeah. I think their goaltending is probably going to be average, which is pretty much what it was last year, like, with, like, Anderson yeah. being bad. And Did you catch uh, Sheldon Keefe was, was asked, someone asked him about the penalty kill, I think, or maybe he brought it up, I can't and remember. He said, did he say the PK is going to be better because of goaltending? Basically, he yeah. said that if you look, I love this because I was obsessed with this last year. In the games that Jack Campbell played, our penalty kill was great. Mm-hmm. I'm paraphrasing. He said it was like 90%, which would have been the best <laughs> in the league. And I was thinking, so, you're not mentioning someone in that conversation who wasn't very good. So I had my fantasy kill. pool on the weekend. Yeah. I did the draft on Sunday night. And I'm big on goalies in my fantasy oh, draft. I like to go heavy on goalies. Do I don't, you start one or two? Uh, you can start two. Okay. And it's a daily, you update your roster daily. Let's say it's a, it's a rival websites, fantasy software that we use. Okay. Um, so I like, I like to have lots of goalies. I like to have, I usually like to have four wow. starting goalies. Cause I want to have two starting like almost every night. Smart. So I've got tonight, I've got Laner and Grubauer. Start Ooh, both, you got both, studs. Both starting. Yeah. Well, it's not a big pool. It's only eight teams. Uh, it's Steve Dangle. There's some a bunch of media guys that are in it. Um, but my the third goalie I picked was Frederick Anderson. And I, wow. I kind of had to <laughs> – I know he hasn't played super well in the preseason. So, in that one was like a little bit of a gamble. But the team's going to be really good and like wins are worth a lot. So, it's like – Is the team going to be as good? I mean, they lose Dougie Hamilton. I, that I think, is a really big piece. Yeah. You don't believe in D'Angelo? <laughs> yeah i i think yeah. Carol- i think carolina is going to be solid. solid like they're well coached sure. like they, they well did you see so the athletic did goalie tiers and i think anderson was like 16 yeah he was way too high way yeah. too high yeah i know and all the all the all the people and this is why it's interesting when you hear from people around the league is they're like once he gets out of toronto he'll be fine it's like really was it really that hard to play here they did like everything to kind of make his life pretty comfortable i think that part of when i read that my interpretation was there's like a lag in terms of yes the understanding around that like you and i are yes. there for every game and like every practice and that's like we, a really good point we, we were there for every scrum and like 
like I, you, I was ready to trade Anderson before last year. Like so, I was like, yeah, you know, we I think it's, I think it's time to move on because it's not going to happen for him. Mm-hmm. And then last year's a mess. So like, I think people outside don't see. Yes. But anyway, in light of that, I, I, I like had him on my do not draft list, and then he fell so far. He was like, I'll just take. I was, him. It was so deep into the draft, and it's like I want to have four goalies. And do you get points for wins? Yeah, huh, so you get you get like you get like four points for a win, and you get like points for saves. And so if he makes a lot of starts on a team and like wins, anyway, we'll see. If he's brutal, I'll just drop him. Like, and I who's the fourth goalie? I had another goalie too. Oh, I I took Markstrom from Calgary. Uh, so I have I have like I have really good start goalies. a lot of games at yeah. least. Yeah, and also I got first pick, so I got McDavid. That is helpful. Yeah. yeah so I got four goalies and McDavid. I feel pretty good about my he's team. He's quite good. That's good. They were all making fun of me because I didn't draft very good defensemen. It's like, who cares about defensemen? Well, but so to bring it back to the Leafs, oh, all those okay. guys are kind of in the same boat, right? Like Anderson, Markstrom, Campbell, and Razik. Like they're all just like, I guess Markstrom. Well, no, Markstrom. Well, he'll, he'll be the number one. Yeah, but I guess the point you know is what's like weird looking all- at that goalie tier list and looking at like, I was, because I put a lot of work into scouting for this fantasy draft. I looked at the goalies a lot. <laughs> there are not very many undisputed number one goalies this yes. year. There's probably fewer than I can remember in, I don't ever remember being like this. It's like, under 10 for sure. That's that's unusual. It might be like, is it six or seven? It's very unusual. So let's count them off. Flurry, Leonard, Bennington, uh, Hellebuck, Hellebuck, Vasilevsky. Yeah, those are the Hellebuck, Vasilevsky are like the two no brainers. Is Kemper probably not? Maybe mm, if he's healthy. Yeah, I guess he. Well, there's a bunch of borderline guys. Is Demko? Yeah, I would think so. Okay, Halak's yeah. the backup, right? So he's like. The, so it's not. Is Grubauer in Seattle? Probably. Probably, but it's like, it's, it's a, closer. Shesterkin and with the Rangers probably is. Yeah. It's not a common thing now, that's for sure. There's there's a lot of tandems. Like with the way the Leafs are doing it is more common than not. Well, but you, so it's interesting about the way that they're doing it. And I think you've been, uh, what's the word? You've wanted this to happen for a while. Like you thought this was the way to go. And I agreed with you. The only downside, I guess there's, it's not the only downside. But there's a downside potentially that you just end up with two guys who who don't take it. But but I don't know what you do. There's with that. no alternative though. Like no, if, if you if, go with one and he falters, then like you're yeah. You're I, in I a don't hutch. like just having a backup that makes 800k. Like I think that if you're gonna, and I've said that for like five years. I've said that the whole time the Leafs have been doing this. I would I just would make me really nervous if I was like the GM of the team because goalies are always inconsistent or like they're always getting hurt or mm-hmm. it's just too hard. I, I think that I would always want to spend at least. And I know the Leafs aren't. I would always want to spend like two million on a backup. I know the Leafs aren't doing that because Campbell's deal's so low. But I, I think the way to go is like total. You spend on goalies is like five to seven million, and you split it between the two guys. Yeah. I bet you that's the future of the position too. I bet you there's not going to be very many goalies that get like those like nine, Unless nine you have million dollars. And it's just like obviously he's like you're the, play he's it. one of the only ones though, right? Like yeah, but there's all every once in a while there's just going to be a guy like. But that, But if I'm right? a GM, I don't want to pay a guy nine million a year unless I'm like sure that he's one of those guys that's going to yeah. be like amazing. Yeah. All right, let's take a quick break. Then we'll get into some more curiosities. And then do you want to take questions today? I have not asked for them yet, but I can ask for them, James. <laughs> get on it. All right, James, we're back. More curiosities. How about a couple of mine? Ready? I guess so. Rasmus Sandin. I'm really intrigued to, like, to see what kind of season he puts together for like a lot of different reasons. Obviously, 
you got the flashes last year of the the good and the bad that comes with like a really young defenseman, but he is so. I think you can over accentuate this kind of thing, but he's really important to their future, especially with the Riley thing kind of looming. He's an RFA next summer. Like, there's a lot to well, this they year love for him, him to show that he can be a top four D this year, right? Like, that's what it would be great for them, yeah. right? Especially with like, I don't know where you're at with Travis Dermott, but you're you're in a really uncertain place with him. You're if you're guessing what his career is going to become at this point, you'd say he's a third pair defenseman. Like, you wouldn't say top four right now. Yeah. That can change, but like at this point, I don't think you can make that case. Sandine is, is younger, obviously, way less experienced, but he kind of gives you maybe more promise to take that position at some point. It's almost like on the Leafs defense, the future is now a little bit because they've got Sandine, Dermott, and Lilgren, and it's like these guys that we've been talking about for... Lilgren was drafted 2017, right? Yeah. So, like, over four years ago, Dermott was prior to that, and then Sandine was 2018. Like these have, this has been the future for the organization on defense and they need, ideally they need two of those guys to not just be third pair guys. Like yeah. the thing is with the way the cap is now, most teams, their third pair D are just going to be like guys that make a million or less. They're going to be like entry level guys you rotate through or veterans like Bogosian that you just bring in mm-hmm. as like a UFA. Like the, but if you get into the top four, all of a sudden you're talking about like really impact players. Mm-hmm. And if, the sweet spot for contending teams is, you know, if you can have like Tampa did with like Sergachev and Chernak and those guys that are like on entry level contracts or on cheap contracts and they're in your top four, yep. that that really sets you up to have a good year on the back end. And because it's expensive to go and get like a Muzzin and a Brody. Well, look it's at the ex- D this summer or last summer, James. Yes. It was like, it was insane. It was like third well, pair defenseman getting three, four million. Yeah, look at the shitty D that signed for like big money. You know, yeah. like there, there were a lot of them. There were like, look at... Like, I, I can't believe Edmonton's got, you know, Barry with what they're paying him and Cody Cece with what they're paying him and Keith with what they're paying him. But, you know, that was like one of the most disappointing Leaf seasons in like, there's a lot to choose from, but one of the most disappointing Leaf seasons in like the Shanahan era was that decor that had Cece and Barry in their top four. And Edmonton, two years later, is running out the same thing. We it's got like, this. It's like, and they're uh, paying them more than the, what they made here. Hmm? Makes Because like... The Leafs got Barry for 2.75 and they got, what was CC making when he played here? Do you remember? Oh, he was making four four or something, right? Yeah, that's right. The one year deal. But like, I mean, he got close to that at Edmonton. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Like, I feel like that's not going to work. Edmonton's forwards look better than ever and and they look weaker on D and in goal. Yeah, do you see? uh, I don't think Hyman's playing with McDavid. Yeah. Right now. Well, I mean, you know, Hyman was pretty impressive not playing with the big guys last year when he did it. Yeah. Maybe he can like help them drive drive one of their other lines. Yeah, that's true. He is very good at that. Um, but to your point about the D, the young D, the other thing, and you, we kind of got around to this last week when we were talking about Riley, the other D are, are getting up there. Like Muzzin, I believe, will be 33 next February, January, whatever it is. Uh, Brody's over 30. Riley is going to be 28 next spring, I believe. Um, so like you... You yep. kind of need that those guys to start moving into those spots. So well, it's so important that they get that figured out so that they can, can stay. Like they wanted this contention window to be open for a long period mm-hmm. of time. But the tricky thing with that is 
when you're locked into Tavares and Muzzin and Brody and like there's... Well, the only way to work is, and you always bring it back to Tampa, it's like Tampa loses one guy and they just plug another guy in who could conceivably do similar things for well, way less money. Look, it's Stamkos and Tavares are good comparables, right? Like they're both from the GTA. They yeah, both like very were drafted, similar. you know, first sure. overall, one year apart, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 08 and 09. Stamkos is not the same player he was two no. or three years ago. He doesn't even play the same position. No, but Tampa, like Tampa has been able to compensate for his decline mm-hmm. with age and in all the injuries he's had and everything. He's still a good player, but they've been able to, you know, find Braden Point and these other pieces. The Leafs are going to need to do that when, you know, like Muzzin and Brody and Tavares are going to decline. They're going to need like the next wave. And mm-hmm. we'll see this. This year we we'll, should know for sure if the next wave's coming on D, right? Like, well, you know, you and I have been skeptical on, I mean, we've been skeptical on, I would say probably both Dermot and Lilgren that they're going to be more than third pair guys, but we'll know for sure watching this season. Well, I think the biggest question with with Sandine is, is physically, is he going to be able to play in a top four? Yeah. The the question for me with Sandine is his skating. Like he's not. Yeah, he's not. Yeah, he's he's not not fast. He's He's not not, fast. He's not Riley. No. Sandine is is kind of, I, I don't even know who I would compare him to in the NHL. He's almost maybe like. I was going to say like a Ryan Ellis or something. Like he's not like the like best skater in the world, but he's nope. like smart. He moves the puck well. Mm-hmm. So. Well, and I think he, he could help that power play. Like he's going to be on the second unit to start. You saw last year, like what he can kind of do there. He's really good walking the line. He sees the ice really well. So it's a, it's a, it's a big year for their young D. And I'm curious to see how many games Logan gets into. Um, because like at some point, It'll just be time for him to move on if if he can't cut it. They do you think that what's happened with Dermot is partly them like wanting to crack the door open for like Lilgren and say like this isn't it's a good question because like, like they could have just the way that they did camp and the way that but I, the counter to that is I wouldn't say Keith called Dermot out but he like he did everything but he, but he said you know like we want to see more from him basically yeah he said he needs to. He said he he's in competition with these other guys and he would like to be past that basically, which is right. Like they shouldn't be honestly 200 games into his career. He shouldn't be at a point where he's still competing with guys who've never played in the league. He shouldn't like, he should be past that. Logan's 22, 22. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he's still got some development time. Like it's not, I think, I think the impatience with Logan is a little bit because he's been over here for so long, right? Like he was playing Mm -hmm. in the HL when he was 18. Yes. Yeah. And then probably the impatience on his part too. Yeah. I, I mean, know. it's a big difference. You're making that AHL money. You're making like 70 grand a year. And like yep. you, if he's in the NHL, he's making almost a million bucks. Like not just the money too. It's just, it's, you're not on those buses and you know. Well, and the other part is that he's a first round pick. And like at the time you can say that that was fine what they did. Like they're trying to hit a home run with that. The guy was supposed to be like a number two pick. Um, it just hasn't happened yet. But I, I don't I don't know that they would go into training camp and say we're going to try to open this up. I think ideally you would just be so comfortable with Dermot that it's not really an option. And I just don't think they're there. I do think that there's part of it though that they want Lilgren to feel like there's yeah, a, there's an opportunity. Fair. Fair. If they don't have injuries on defense, I could see this becoming a situation where there's some frustration with whoever doesn't play. 100%. Dermot's going to be frustrated if he sits. Sandine, well, after what happened last year. Lilgren, after like how long he's waited. It won't really make sense to keep Lilgren with the Leafs if he's not going to play. 
Like if they get into a stretch stretch where they're really comfortable with Sandy and Dermot, then there's no point in having him around. You may as well just have Biega. Right. So then Logan goes back to the Marlies. Uh, that's what I would do. And you just try and convince them that like we still value you and like when the first injury you're you're the call up and Yeah. You're I mean, what do you want us to do? You're not better than any of these other six guys. Yeah. Like do you want to just like keep being in the press box? So But maybe the Maybe Logan's happy with just like getting into like 30 games this year as opposed to like. Yeah, maybe that's true. Yeah. That's but, like a step up. But I'm him. not sure he'll get into 30 is the thing. Yeah. Well, there's going to be. There's going to be injuries. Someone's going to get hurt. Yeah. We just talked about it. The D's getting old. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, next curiosity for me. We've talked about it a bunch, but I think the power play is like of everything that's going to happen this year. I think I'm most curious to see if this works. And like, I don't think we'll, we could be a month into the season and I, I won't be, I'll be skeptical still just because we've seen that movie before. It ain't going to work if they don't have Matthews and Martin. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It'll be a lot tougher. They're going to have to ham and egg the puck into the net. Yeah. I think, I, I mean, they just got to have to rely on Nylander, I guess. Yeah. But I mean, Matthew's going to be back pretty soon and who knows, like Marner could play them to, tomorrow where we're cool. I hate saying tomorrow on a podcast, but he could play in any of the first few games. He could be back. You know what's interesting? If like, I don't think, I don't buy that the Canada division was total crap last year. But what I would say is I don't think that division was that good defensively. And I don't think that those penalty kills were like, like you look at who's on the blue line there. And in some cases, the goaltending and it's, I don't know. This Atlantic division is so weird because you've got like the, you've got these like really rebuilding bottom basement teams. And then you've got, four, five, if you want to include Montreal, really good teams. I'm not including Montreal on that, but okay. <laughs> Just in case there's any Habs fans listening. that like, <laughs> I mean, Montreal beat Toronto in the playoffs, so yes. like, I don't know. We can't, you know, we, we, we got to give them some respect. But what I was going to say is that's like, more indicting on the power play. They're going to be up against a lot of good teams in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. so like they're you know it could be even more of a challenge for the power play that you're going to probably be facing tougher competition in terms of tougher penalty kills. Well, I can tell you, it's been really interesting watching Spencer Carberry work and kind of try to change things. Like one thing I can tell you, James, that he's done is before every practice he gets that top power play unit together and they, for like 15 minutes, they they kind of do their thing. Now, we'll see if this continues through the regular season, but I've never seen that. Like, usually power plays will just work at the end of practice against a penalty kill. Um, and they're just trying to create all these different looks, get it ingrained in these guys' heads that like, we have all these different options. Like, one of the options and we saw it in the preseason is like the Riley point shot. The Riley one-timer is going to be incorporated into Well, I like that approach. goal where Tavares was down low and then passed it. No, it wasn't Riley. He passed it to Mental. But like, you could picture where the guy coming in from, it was on the power play. Yeah, that's what they Remember, wanted like, to do. I thought Tavares was either going to try and go cross crease with the pass or like take a shot himself. Instead, he went back to the point and then a hammered mm-hmm. hammer time and it goes in. So, Well, it seems to me that they're trying to make that part of their mentality that you have all these different, you know what I'm trying to say? Like trying to wire it into their brain, like all the different options well, that you have. it's almost like they're swarming, right? And they're like, yeah, you're getting like a bunch of different. Yeah, so help. like he, he, he'll say to like Tavares, like 91, like you, you got to look, like you got we're going to do to, to 88 back door. Right. And then they do that. And then it's like, so you're not just to looking for the one. You're not thing. just looking for the one option. And so that's even harder to defend. And like, there's no reason James, like their power play shouldn't be in the ballpark, like of Tampa or Boston in terms of that dynamic. So you've been watching this in training camp. You've been watching them work on it. Is there anything mm-hmm. that stands out to you about certain players? Like, do you see certain players like 
getting it or doing things differently or like yeah you, it's, it's more involved it's more but like you see specific players yeah, like that Tavares, are good at it Tavares looks like he's way more involved this year right like as they're opposed to just standing there as opposed to just standing there trying to tip pucks or yeah. like banging stuff around the net like it's like they're involving him in some of the actions where it's it's down to Tavares Demo beside make, the net and make then make a, a quick pass to Marner in the slot one time yeah down to Tavares backdoor Nylander like they're trying to get him more involved and like you know one thing that that I, I was interested by is like the quick strike with Tavares, like just get it down to Tavares and just attack the net. It and just jam, jam, and the just park. jam it in. Yeah. So I think it's interesting. Like, I, do you, have you gotten a sense watching, like we we're not allowed to talk to Spencer Carberry, but have you gotten a sense both watching him interact with the players and like Keith talk about him and the players talk about him? Like what have you, what have you learned about him and like why they chose him? And well, Keith said it was like everyone they talked to had really good things to say about him. Obviously he won the coach of the year last year. The players have all spoke highly of him. Um, I don't know. I, I've just, it's been interesting watching him. He's very direct in terms of like the things he wants to see. Uh, and it really just seems like he's trying to build a different mentality in them. That's all I can say from, from watching you need someone that in, in that assistant coach role coming in to change something. You need someone that can like talk to a Nylander or a Matthews not be intimidated. He's and not. Like, yeah. 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 And honestly, the, the other one is, is Chanouth kind of feels the same way on defense. Like it, it almost seems like the personalities of their assistant coaches are way different than they've been. They do, they're kind of dialed. They're dialed up. Like yeah. he's, he's like, Chanouth is, is louder. He's, he's more outgoing. I remember he's, he coached in the WHL like a million years ago. I think he coached Seattle. He's been around a long time. Yeah. But he's more. Like Haxtell is a quiet guy. Yeah. Like you, and you so could was, watch 20 so practices. McFarland was pretty like. Same thing. Yeah. Very quiet. But, so it's different. But the new guys are like more like in your face a bit. A little more outspoken and seen. I think it's going to be a bit more intense. Normally when you see the assistants change like this, the yeah. head coach is in trouble. Mm -hmm. But I don't think, I don't get the sense that that's the case here. It was more like it was more driven by Keith. Well, obviously Haxtell got hired away, but it was more like I think that I think the organization, everyone was on board with changing the assistants this time, right? Yeah. I mean, it is a little weird to bring in like another assistant coach when you're not getting rid of the assistant coach. You know what I mean? Like Carberry comes in, Malhotra's still here. You give what's, Carberry the power play. What's Malhotra been? Like, does he have a designated role? He said he's kind of just helping out with everything. So they just like don't want to get rid of him then? I guess. Huh. It's a little weird. Like it, it's it's weird when you when you're watching Carberry work with the power play before practice, and like Maholtra walks paths to the other rink. Like it's just, I would imagine if that was my workspace, it would be a little awkward. But like it doesn't seem like it's an issue. And well, Maholtra is considered like one of the all time like good guys around the league and whatever. Yeah, so like maybe, obviously maybe, maybe he's able to make it work. Sure. Yeah, and he's had a great career. But I have had other coaches around the league say like it's weird that they have so many assistant coaches. Like they go yeah. like, and you can see it on the bench. Like there's just a lot of people there, right? And so they, that's a lot for. Anyway, this wasn't what we were going to talk about. We're kind of on a tangent, but it's a lot. You know, like keeps got to manage like all those personalities, and it's know. a good tangent. Um, one more curiosity: Do we have time, and then we got to get to the pod bag? Yeah, I think we have time for like two minutes on this one. Okay, well, I'll bring it back to. Hmm. No, I don't have time. I got to make it quick. I, I guess I'm really curious to see which, like you talked about Kasha. I'm curious about Richie and Bunting. Obviously, I have made it known that I think Bunting will hit. But like you never know. He's played 26 NHL big games. Big Bunting story incoming, right? Big Bunting story coming on Wednesday. So that's exciting. Um, but like can Richie, like Richie will never get a better opportunity than this. Like if he wants to prove 
or establish himself as like something more than he's been at this point. Yeah. You get to play with Matthews and Marner. Yeah. For like one of the higher scoring teams in the league. If you can't do it here, like it's not happening. They're hoping for like an Anson Carter effect when he played with the Sedins or whatever. That's a good, like that's a good call. Remember, remember when Brend- Brendan Morrison, the Canucks got him from New Jersey for like Dennis Peterson and they put him with uh, Bertuzzi and Naslin and it's mm-hmm. like, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, sometimes when you have two star players, you need a third player who's a good complementary piece who's not. And then, like, Anson Carter was never that player again. He was just that player with the Sedins. Mm-hmm. And then, but not everyone could play with the Sedins like that. So, like, may, maybe. Well, remember Burroughs. Like, Burroughs made a career just playing with those guys. Yeah. Now, I don't think Richie's that, but like. But maybe he's, like, good enough that he can play with those guys. But yes. I think he can if get he's on a second or a third line, it's like, meh. Well, and if, if Adam Henrique is the guy he's playing with, like he's just not going to be able to create the same quality of plays for Richie, who's not going to be able to create it for himself. Yeah. Like it's just watching some of his goals and you saw it in the preseason. He knows how to get himself open around the net. And obviously Marner is better than just about anyone at finding guys like that. So yeah. that's Well, it. they're not going to need him to like, he's not going to have to like work the breakout or whatever. No, right? he doesn't have to. He's, yeah. he's he a simple have, job. Yeah. Go to the net. Be big. All right, let's take a break and then let's come back with the pod bag. All right, James, pod bag time, local restaurant time. Eat at your local restaurants, as always. All right, Craig wants to know, are the Leafs becoming a grittier team? They lost Bogosian and Hyman, but it seems like they have more players that are kind of like that this year with Bunting, Richie, Kasha, Kampf. What do you think? What do you think of like the... I mean, the D is not very... Other than Muzzin, they don't... Richie is not gritty. Kampf, I don't think i'd call yeah that's what the, Bru- the bruins fans were saying with richie is like he's not gonna he's not people are talking about him like knocking guys out in the corner or i mean I'll, i know all his teammates get asked about him and they say he's really big one of the problems is he doesn't use like yeah the fact that he's really big he's to big his in advantage. the way that like an angle is big or whatever yeah, or the goat yeah so yeah. i do not think they're grittier but i don't know that that matters uh this person wants to know is jonas related to jonas donskoy so the way that it works is that if you have the same last name, you might be related to someone. If you have the same first name, like I'm not related to everyone named James, just so that. Are you sure? I'm getting, we're getting good questions. I think last week was like, oh, we have so many good questions or two weeks ago. And this, <laughs> this week is going to be like. Uh, short notice. <laughs> ah, boy. Thoughts on the Riley contract situation? Uh, listen to last week's episode. <laughs> yeah, listen to last week. <laughs> Uh, pickle cookies would like to know. I don't think I would want to eat a pickle cookie. You know who likes pickles is my kids. I do like pickles too. Man, they're like, like my fridge is full of pickles. Which kind do you guys buy? Just like, you know, like the garlic like strubs or dills. like, do you want, you don't know the brand? Uh, we got a couple different brands. Okay. Yeah. Nice. All right. Yeah. We're mixing it up. Uh, pickle cookies wants to know who do you think wins the cup this year? And why is it the Winnipeg Jets? I think Winnipeg's gonna be better. I don't think they're gonna win the cup. The cup's pretty wide open. I mean, I, I I think the obvious pick is Colorado, Tampa, Vegas. Maybe Vegas. Vegas is down to like the one goalie. Yeah, so, but it's, it's not like the two goalies was working. Well, I guess well, it they were to good. some degree. They, they were, were really good. good. I know some people around the league are like it was interesting in that goalie tears thing on the Athletic was how how much skepticism there was about Laner. Um, I think it's it's fairly wide open. I was looking at the betting odds today, and uh, the Leafs are fourth for Stanley Cup, even even after. Even after their face plants year after year in the playoffs, the the betting market still like them. I probably in part because a lot of Leafs fans are betters. 
I guess the hard thing is you don't really see teams generally go from they just win the cup. You know what I mean? Like without any incremental progress. Was Washington, it's Washington was sort of like that? Like yeah, they, but they that, had, that, that, infra, that core had like they, they had at least made the won, second round. They, yeah, right. Like and I, think, I don't think had they gone to the third round and I'm lost. Not sure. I don't think so. Yeah. So maybe. And, I mean, in that core, where like they were getting old by. I still think Tampa's really good. Like I still think Tampa yeah. is. If I was going to pick, well, it just it, the problem is like nobody goes three in a row. I was surprised they waved that Alex Bear Boulet. Like that was a guy who I thought that like teams should be targeting, and that's then, how good they are. Now Seattle's got him. Who's? Let me ask you this: Like, I'll, I'll I'll change pickle cookies question around a little bit. Who, who do you think is a dark horse team that you like for the cup? Ooh. This is a tough year, man. There's a the cap being flat for so long has made so many teams mediocre. Yeah, I'm just running through the teams in my head, and it feels like a lot of them got worse. They did. They did. They like every, everyone lost a player to Seattle, and mo- a lot of teams lost a pretty decent player. It's really hard. I mean, I think the dark horses. I know Winnipeg's not the worst choice. Islanders would I, be a dark horse. It feels like St. Louis has gotten worse over the years. Uh, yeah, I'd have to have the, the whole league in front of me. Well, to it really feels think like Boston's taking a step back. It feels like Carolina's taking a step back. Washington's probably taking a step back with age. Yeah, Washington's getting old. They got a lot of those guys on big contracts. I don't think that there's. I think St. Louis and Washington are examples of teams that aren't going to be able to win again, right? They either win the one cup, and that's that's kind of what it feels like. I know I've seen that from some of their fan base on our site in the comments. They like, you know, we had like the Hopo meter that we ran last week. Did you see that? Yeah. And there were like Blues fans that were like, "I got my one cup. I'm 55 years old. I'm not going to get another one," kind of thing. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's a good question. It's hard to. It's pretty wide open. Is that wide open? That just feels like actually we think only a few teams can actually win. But yeah, I don't. It's wide open after you get past like the top three or four. Yeah. So to me, that's wide open. All right, here we go. This is a good question for the first the start of the season. Uh, Eric Johnson wants to know who's the Leafs player who's most likely to. Exceed expectations this season, and the player most likely to, to disappoint this season. Let's see if we can let's see if we can nail this. Exceed expectations. So Marner, Matthews, Neander, Tavares. They already they already have very high expectations. Um, so you're probably looking in like the Kasha, Bunting, Richie, Dermot, Sandine, one of the goalies conversation right yeah maybe Maybe kerfoot except i worry about his expectations are low for him yeah well he's gonna get a good opportunity to start here exceed expectations i think bunting's a really obvious choice yeah he's probably the guy i know that there's like some hype building around him right now but i'm leading the hype train (laughs) but you know what you know what part of it is is like you look at the other options and it's like i think he's better than those guys so that would mean he's going to get a chance to play high in the lineup you know what i mean like, I don't expect Richie to last in that spot. He might. Bunting feels more... It's just, it's hard to go from an AHL regular to, like, at like his age, 26. Mm-hmm. So few NHL games. There are very few guys that step right out of the AHL onto, like, a top line in the NHL. Like, it's just... Yeah. That talent gap is... It's a chasm. Like, we've seen so many guys... But it's that are, not like he's coming from, like, this well-run organization... 
to be fair. I mean, even more li- likelihood that he should have been in the NHL, like on a bad team, right? Like, yeah, you know, I, I don't so. know. Like, there's, I, we've I mean, seen, they called him up at the end of March. We've seen so many tweener guys over the years with the Leafs, like, you know, like yeah. Matt Fratton and those kind of guys. And like, yeah. Yeah. it feels like to me the most likely outcome for Bunting is that he becomes one of those guys, but... I need to see him play more to know. But I think that, I mean, he's, there's a hu- there's definitely a lot of potential for, I would say, Kasha and Bunting to be the guys that exceed expectations. So what about fall short of expectations? Uh, I mean... He said most likely to disappoint. Disappoint. I'd probably say the goalies. Yeah. Just because, like, they're, like we were saying before, they're two wild cards. Like, I don't know. They both could be fine. But I just really have no idea what you're going to get. Yeah. And that's like you said, that's like most tandems across the league. Like there's I'm, not. I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to just to be different. I'm going to say Justin Hall. Oh, okay. In the top four. Yeah. That's a good one. Well, I'm just looking. You have a, a pillow with all the Canadian teams on it. No, it doesn't have all the Canadian teams. Okay. Well, it has most of the Canadian teams. It's missing teams. Winnipeg. Because it's, it, okay, so, so, it's so, that's so perf- old. That's perfect. All <laughs> of those teams... Uh, with the exception of Winnipeg, really have questions in goal right now. Obviously, Montreal situation is a little different, but I guess Demko is not really a question. Well, he sort of is. I like I like Markstrom and Calgary. Like he's, he's not fine. He's not the problem. I guess so. But All like right. so, yeah, pillow, I mean Edmonton. Like <laughs> yeah, I like the pillow the, theory does not work. Then <laughs> <laughs> you're just looking around my living room for things. Yeah, just, I want pumpkins. To, Who's the biggest pumpkin? Yeah, no, I, I want to see you working the puzzle. That's like a barnyard puzzle. That's here. The giant puzzle. Let's see mm-hmm. if you make a connection to that for the podcast. Farmer Joe. <sighs> All right, this guy wants to get dark. Bud's outsider says, "Who's the most likely to walk at the end of their contract?" Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, or William Nylander? That's too hard to say. It's hard to say right now. But it's funny. I mean, I don't even know if those three guys are going to make it to the end of their contract here. It's going to depend what happens. Matthews is making it no matter what. Um, But it's funny how quickly time goes. Like Matthews and Nylander have three years left. Crazy. Uh, Andrew asks, uh, how long is the leash if the Leafs get off to a really slow start? Will significant changes come mid-season? I don't see them. They're, I don't, they're not going to fire the coach the mid-season. They're not going to. I mean, maybe they make a trade or something if it's like, mm-hmm. you know, you're talking about the goalies being disappointed. I could see like if the goalies is not a mess, maybe they need to trade for a goalie. If mm-hmm. there's problems on D or if they. Well, Campbell will be an expiring contract. So if he's not working out, you can always yeah move on. Yeah. I, I could see I, the the move for them is going to be not firing the coach. It's going to be making a trade, and maybe a, if they're if they're in a bad spot, they might have to make a substantial trade to try and shake things up. Yeah, I mean, I, my first thought to that is like they're not going to be in a tough spot, but it's like look at all the adversity that's kind of been tossed at them right away. And I don't love the word adversity, but hurdles, I guess, with Matthews out initially. We don't know about Marner, Mikheyev, goalies, lots of questions. Uh, and Mark asks, assuming you can, do you think it makes sense just to trade Kerfoot, free up his salary and use that money to address other needs? We've talked about this a little bit. What do you think? I mean, it, I, I mean, this is showing right now with the injuries, why you need him, right? Yes. He's going to be your second line center. Well, so you trade him for nothing, basically a draft pick just to get, wh- where are you getting another guy from? You know what I mean? Yeah. Are you, like, I guess you're trading your first round pick to get something or 
I mean, th- that move, that like that might be, if you need, ca- like if they need to free up cap space to make a trade to bring someone in, that could be something you do in midseason. But I think right now, I, the reality is the Leafs need Kerfoot. Mm-hmm. They need a guy who plays. Well, look, he's back playing center. Like uh, we weren't expecting him to play center. I don't think they were expecting him to play center, but it's like suddenly all these injuries. We haven't touched on like I mean, Michael. Who's the other option to play second line center with Matthews out? They don't have a lot Camp. of options. <laughs> yeah, like, no, like yeah, they right? don't have anyone else. So. Well, it's like Amadio only makes the team because McKayev gets hurt. Right. Um, but I think they got a bunch of guys that I like as like depth centers, as like fourth line centers, potentially third line centers. Yeah, but like but none of those can play in the guy. They're maxed line. out at like fourth line, most of those guys. Like if it's not Kerfoot, it's Nylander probably, right? Yeah. That's what I want. That's what you but want. But actually, so that reminds me, we, we forgot to touch on this. Um, Brooks waived, claimed by Montreal. Like, all due respect to Adam Brooks, who's like done well to push himself to the NHL. It's just not a significant loss. Like it I, just isn't. Yeah, fans. I says so I was I was at the zoo with my kids when he got claimed, and I my phone was blown up with. It seemed like Leafs fans were freaking out with uh, that. I get him going to Montreal. And the move was kind of telegraphed, too, because Elliot Friedman reported that it sounded like Montreal was interested in him. If they put him on waivers, they were going to lose him. I was surprised they waived him, though. Just Me too. I, 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 w- after McKay went down. But the down. thing is, he would have been waived. If McKay doesn't get hurt, he's waived and Amadio's yes. waived, too. Like, yes. he's getting claimed yes. almost no matter what, unless they choose him over Amadio, which they did not. And, like, from the sounds of it, that was management's call as opposed to Sheldon Keefe, who I would guess would have preferred to keep Brooks. But it's like Brooks and Amadio are the same age. They're born the same month, both 25. Brooks and Amadio's has played, played like, a lot more in the NHL. He's played like almost 200 games. Brooks has barely played. I wonder if the discussion too, Jonas, is that Amadio has like, he can do more things, he can right? Do more things. He can play He's the bigger. wing. He can play the wing. He can kill penalties. Yeah. He, you know. Well, Brooks can do some of that stuff. I just think he's more experienced. He's a little bigger to me. Like that's... Like, if you had an injury, like now, and you had to pick one guy to play, you'd probably pick Amadio, right? Like, he just has a longer track record. Well, I don't feel like the Leafs are going to be ruining the day they lost Brooks. Like, he's not, I don't think he's going to play higher than fourth line for for Montreal. He maxes out at fourth line. Plus, now I get lots of puns where I can say, what's Amadio? (laughs) That's pretty good. (laughs) That's probably the first time you've ever made me laugh with one of those. (laughs) All right. I think we have time for one more. Do you have one more in the bag? Uh, old Dirty Biz wants to know, what's your take on not allowing icing on the penalty kill? I, I like it. I, I think that I think that's a good idea. Yeah. Okay. Should, should, or make teams like get the puck out in another way. Make you make them skate it out or. Although, you know what? You know what would happen? Teams would, would ice the puck. And they they would still ice it, and there would be a whistle, and then you would set up and have face off. Then they'd ice it again. There'd be another whistle. Like, is that better? No. No. That's all I got. I don't have anything else on that. That's all I got on that point. I'm looking forward to games that that mean something that matter. And the regular season matters, James. I insist it matters. I'm so curious to see how this thing goes. So we'll be back. We're not sure what we're going to do the next podcast. Soon. Soon. That's a good answer, James. Stay tuned. (laughs) Stay tuned. Thank you, as always, to everyone for listening and enjoy real games that matter.